0: Welcome, everybody, and welcome to Hollywood Godfather Podcast. We love having you at the other end of this transmission. I like that. Hello, Pat.
1: Hey, how you doing,
0: Gianni? Uh, uh, Hi, Megan. Megan. Hi,
2: Pat. How you doing? Hi, Gianni.
0: How, how am I doing with your, your name? Haran. Is that? Haran. Oh, Haran. Almost there. Almost,
2: Almost I got there. an A. I
0: got to take the O out. Haran. Haran. Ryan, you got it. You should tell me before we go on the air. I
2: might have to, yeah, I should should remind.
0: Okay. Well, we have a a subject that uh, has been brought up to us in emails and maybe do a show about it, maybe not. Pat happens to be an expert on this guy. Uh, What I know of him, we'll talk about on the air. So without further ado, Pat, why don't you introduce... The topic of tonight's show
1: this evening. It feels so important. Anyway, hey, this evening are <laughs> going to be talking about Richard Richard Kuklinski, uh, who was known as the Ice Man, a self-described uh, hitman for everyone. You listen to this guy; he killed virtually everybody.
0: I think he was at the crucifixion of Christ.
1: Yeah, he was. He was there. He, was he, a, pictures he
0: He handed the nails to the bunch uh, of buyers.
1: Uh, <laughs> I've been researching this guy for a long time, and only because he's a, a hell of a curiosity. Uh, he was a uh, New Jersey native, big guy, looked uh, like a bear, mean-looking, beard, uh, married with uh, three daughters, I believe it was three daughters. And uh, if you listen to his wife, Who's been interviewed numerous times. Uh, she never knew what he was doing. She never knew what kind of job he had. When he wanted to leave, he would leave. Sometimes not come back for months, other times stay out overnight.
0: Wow.
1: Big cuddly teddy bear. Does she have
0: a sister? I'll marry her. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was he was the world's best father occasionally. And uh at the flip of a switch he'd become Physically violent and verbally abusive, he broke his wife's nose, dislocated arms and shoulders, threatened to kill his eldest daughter. Uh, other, was he was known
0: he- as a psychopath or a schizophrenic?
1: Oh, yeah, all that.
0: Uh, that means he was clinically declared that or he just acted yes, he like went, that?
1: He went to prison. <laughs> uh, he, he, he claimed to be a, uh, a hitman for hire. He also claimed, which we'll be talking about later in the show. About all the famous mob hits he with. Uh, some of them are actually funny.
0: Oh, I know. Uh, I know some of them.: it's
1: that wild. No. In reality, I mean, I've read two of his bios. I've seen the HBO special. Uh, after he got arrested and, and, and convicted, he figured he's going to uh, make a couple of dollars out, out, of his, uh, out of his conviction. So he began confessing that every murder that was infamous or famous throughout history. He did it. He even confessed, he, he was convicted of killing five, these were businesses that he cheated, uh, stole from. And uh, he figured to keep them from going to the cops, talking to somebody about it. He, he killed, them. okay. All these other uh, alleged hits are just products of his own imagination. That's what I get out of it. That's what a lot of people get out of it. I can uh, give you some quotes on the show.
0: But why, 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 why would law enforcement give him that much credibility and assume he, he was there just to get the, the cases, cases off of their book?
1: The clear cases. I figured that, that. a long time. Trust me, the case. And I'll give you an example. He was convicted of killing the five people he actually killed. Uh, he was very innovative, by the way, and also against that. But uh, while he was in prison, hBO approached his wife and said, uh, like to he started to confess uh to anybody who would talk to him, that would listen to him, all these famous people he killed he should be off all kinds of uh involved in all kinds of high level assassinations. They wanted to interview her, and he said well i'm, I, I'm not leaving my wife anything not tell you anything you're going to have to pony up and uh, allegedly she got uh close to half a million dollars. Wow. an HBO uh, three-part special. So to make it interesting, he started to, as soon as he signed, signed his rights away, he started to confess. And the first thing he confessed was an unsolved police officer killing. He figured, what the hell, it's unsolved. And on his confession, no evidence, he confessed to the killing. The uh, The DA charged him with it. He confessed in court, and he sen- sentenced him to a six life term. you know, at that point, who cares? But you know, there right. was no evidence whatsoever. You know, he. he but the guy was amazing. But I got to give him this: he was innovative in his methods of killing. Uh, to confuse the uh, the police as to the time of death, he would freeze bodies, and this is how he got the nickname Iceman. People think it was of the demeanor. No, he liked to freeze people. But he wasn't very smart about it because after he took them out of the freezer to have their bodies discovered, he didn't didn't thaw them out long enough. And when these bodies were opened, thankfully, uh, not like last week's uh, guest book, Thomas (laughs) Cucci, autopsies, they opened them up uh, soon after being discovered because that's what you do. And the organs were crystallized due to freezing. So they know the bodies were, were frozen. And so that, uh, uh, if he needed any alibi, that's not. Good. But he also came up with uh, the, uh, the method of spraying cyanide into his victim's faces in a, in, a, in a squeeze bottle. He spray it, just walk away. And his attitude was the less sloppy it is, the better it is. Because he didn't want to leave any blood evidence. He didn't want to get any blood on him, bodily fluids or anything. Break people with uh, with cyanide. That's how he was caught.
0: So let me uh, ask you a question: How many people did he really kill with cyanide? Being uh, that that's uh, just five
1: confirmed, five, and those were business associates that were on their way to see him to buy something. One had twenty five thousand, another had twenty two thousand. He killed them, kept the That's what he. He was a psychopath.
0: But, so so what? I'm just I'm I'm playing devil's advocate this time. Why, when he confessed to murders that were done without cyanide, did they think he was the killer?
1: Well, because he said, his attitude was, keep the killings clean, but if the money was good enough. But he said when it came to the mob, the mafia, that uh, he was paid well, and if he was asked to do a killing, he would do it. When I run down his list, people he said he killed, and what he did with, with the bodies, it's actually some of them, one of them anyway really funny. But he got caught because he ran out of science. And the cops were after him for a while but they couldn't pin anything on him. So they infiltrated an undercover uh, alcohol tobacco and firearms agent an an Italian guy. Uh, And uh, uh, Kukwinski wasn't stupid. This guy had to be with him for a long time. And this undercover cop agent knew that the longer he stayed with the Iceman, that he was going to die because anybody that he dealt, he killed. So it was, it was the guy was walking a a tightrope. So he delivers to Kuklinski a vial of cyanide that he said was cyanide. Kuklinski, not being anybody's fool, put it in his spray bottle, walked down the street. First dog he spotted, he sprayed the dog with the cyanide. Just pissed the dog off, and the dog didn't die. So he knew he had a problem, but he uh, by this time, he was under heavy surveillance. He got in his car, and he was on his way to who knows where, and he was surrounded by the cops, and he was caught, and then eventually convicted five homicides, plus the cop. After him and his wife signed, uh, signed his his uh, life rights, that's when he started to talk about his Uh And uh, let's go to Jimmy Hoffa first, just to me this
0: that has to be. I mean, he's about the 10th person that killed Jimmy Hoffa that I know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and there were so many books on, uh, on the Hoffa case. He's never mentioned in any of them. Of course, uh, everybody knows that, uh, that he was lying. But anyway, he kills, he kills Hoffa, buries him. Then he, he finds out that they're going to uh, uh, do construction in the area that he, uh, that he buried him in. He digs him up. Puts him in his car and drives him to New Jersey or to Connecticut. He's like three states away. All right. And he puts him on a boat to Japan uh, to be. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, I'm not finished yet. Yeah, I know. It's freaking hilarious. To be delivered to a Japanese automaker that was involved with the mob. And the, the Japanese car maker disposed of the body. I got to think. You're not, you're not driving a Honda, folks. You're driving a Hoffman. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> if if if, if he's, he Jesus. then he said on the orders of Roy Mayo, was because DeMeo had to get involved because he was a homicidal
0: But he truly uh, was, <laughs> and uh, hundreds uh, of killings, not five.
1: He said he was a member of Mayo's and I'm quoting this, killing crew. Because he said this after DeMeo himself was killed. And he said he killed DeMeo also. Oh, there you go. Proved. I mean, it's, everybody knows who killed DeMeo, and it wasn't Richard Kalinske. Well, hello. Jerry Capici wrote a book called The Killing Machine,
2: wrote,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all of De Mayo, which I read, and it's a thick book. He did a lot of research. Jerry Capici, for those who don't know, is great an expert in, on, uh, on uh, organized crime. He has his own web page. He used to write for the Daily News. But in all in the 400, 500-page book, he doesn't mention Luklinski once. Uh, he also said he was involved uh, with uh, killing uh, uh, Paul Castellano. He was one of the hitters.
0: Oh, sure. They let him in just because they, they, they knew he'd be loyal to them.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> a special favor uh, for Sammy the Bono. And when Gravano was, was asked, he said, Klinsky, who? <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, He confessed to everything else. I mean, and he said that him and him and John Gotti were tight and uh, he was very well trusted. That's how he got involved with Castellano.
2: He said he also was um, part of the Carmine Galante hit, right?
1: Yes. He did that too. He's a busy guy.
0: <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Tommy uh, Galante was killed July twelfth. Uh,
0: in the backyard.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I recall it because that was my birth, and uh, I was in the area. So, oh now,
0: yeah, you went over. You told us that you went over. See.
1: I mean, uh, I couldn't get anywhere near the place. I just was just curious. Yeah. It was uh, it was in uh, on the border of uh, Brooklyn and Queens. Well, um,
0: he, he wanted got, he wanted to take his family back, and he thought, you know, he'd wipe out this guy and.
1: Yeah, well, of course. Who did they go to? The Iceman. Take care of everything.
0: Yeah. He'd <laughs>
2: <laughs> he also said he was, he was recruited by John Gotti to kill Tommy Bellotti.
0: That's the same hit.
2: It, that, that, that was the Castellano hit. That's the Castellano. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, you're right,
0: you're right. Survivor. Parkside, I, uh, yeah. The- uh, uh, Parkside. Right.
1: Uh, but there's uh, the... Sparks. For those of you who are interested in actually seeing this guy, he gives uh, hours and hours and hours of uh, an, an interview, whoever it was that interview To listen to this guy and to watch him is scary.
0: Yeah, but the I interesting mean, thing, his size alone would be just too obvious. You'd yeah. s- see him coming down the block. I mean, the guy's a, a big idiot to begin with.
1: And he was also heavily
0: drugged. You can tell
1: that he's on, you know, he was on, uh, he, he was on the uh, the, the uh, disoriented express. I mean, that's the best way I could put it. I mean, the guy was, he was on some kind of uh, uh, bombing drug, like a lot of Valium or a lot of what, whatever they give you.
0: And do they do that? I didn't, I was totally they, aware. They, they give I you mean, Valium?
1: Well, I'm just giving an example about, you know, if you take one volume and it slows you down, it looked like he took a whole fistful. I mean, the guy was really uh, speaking very slowly. And his pupil it's, dilated. so And it's on. I watched it a couple of days ago in, uh, in preparation for this, uh, for this podcast. He virtually confesses to everything. And he just looks at the camera. And he's not scared the hell out of you. I mean, the guy was just brutal. He like, threatened to kill his, uh, his oldest daughter once, uh, too, for some uh, real or imagined fraction. Uh, she's interviewed in this HBO special. But they all swear they, 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 they had no idea what he was.
0: But it's, I mean, to me, I mean, just in your research and what you're telling me, I, I, I can't see any credibility at all. I can't believe law enforcement. Done. I know, but why would, whatever. I mean, the money. But well, I'm talking about the, why give him money when you know he's lying.
1: It's you know any type of a documentary uh is all theater. Because whoever produces a documentary has a point of view, has has an agenda to prove something in that documentary. But think back: have you ever seen a true crime documentary where at the end they say, "Well, now we're going to leave it up to you to decide whether the guy is guilty or innocent"? There, there is no such thing. So there's an agenda here, and the agenda. I mean, he was. When he was in court, like you said, Johnny, he looked the part. He looked the part of what you would imagine a mob hitman to be big and mean looking. So he figured, I'm going to capitalize on this. I know I'm never getting out. I'll confess to all of this stuff.
0: When did and, all this happen?
1: Uh, 80s, early 90s. He died. In oh,
0: okay. So, so he saw oh, the-, the.
1: HBO special was in the early 2000s.
0: So he saw The Godfather. Maybe he <laughs> thought he was Luke Obrazzi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, eventually, you know, his, his daughter, her name is Merrick. Yeah. She was, she was born on Long Island. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I um, love
0: your humor.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. M-E-R-I-C-K. America. Anyway, uh, she came home late one day from, you know, she had a curfew. So to punish her, he killed her dog in front of her.
0: Oh, he seems like a charming guy.
2: That is awful.
0: <laughs> uh, and she didn't move out on that one?
1: Well, I don't know.
0: Uh, it's, people, it's, not, it's not like taking your, your phone away for a week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's <laughs> traumatizing. Hello. To
1: make a point, and this is, you know, uh, with, with his family, he would jab them with a knife uh, just to draw a little blood, to make a point.
0: So I, I mean, that, that, that's an entangy on point, isn't it?
1: Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: he, to make a point, and he snaps yeah.
1: <laughs> them. You not going anywhere. He was. Uh, he was. Yeah, uh, periods of road rage. That's no surprise.
0: Ma- Ma- Megan, I mean, this is so far left of what you even know about. If you had a father like this, how fast would you move?
2: <laughs> so I'd be. I'd be out. I'd be gone. I mean, I can't even wrap my head around it. It. it
0: even his, i mean—any part him. of his life sounds like bull. Well, to
1: look at the no, to, to look at it from the family's point of view, and you see this a lot with victims of sexual abuse and domestic. Abuse. Now, as a PI, I handle a lot of domestic abuse. I've handled probably over a thousand, and that's a that's a, a very low estimate of uh, the divorce cases that uh, started with domestic abuse. The people who are victims of this are afraid to do anything or go anywhere. It's very common. Yeah, that's definitely true. With this guy, he threatened, this family is my family. No one's ever going to break it up. And if you do, I will find you. And if you think what I did to the dog is bad, wait until you to see what I do to you. So, yeah. very common.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: you ever hear of an actor, Gianni, named Michael Shannon? No. Me either. Okay. He played Richard Klinsky. In uh, that film that we all know and love, probably nominated numerous Academy Awards in 2012, called The Iceman, the story of his life based on a book.
0: Uh, who who it directed started, it? That will tell you a lot.
1: Winona Ryder.
0: She directed it. No, who directed it? No, it was
2: directed by Ariel Broman. Yeah, but, but these people were in it. Uh, Winona Ryder. Well,
0: they take a paycheck. That's why they show up.
2: Uh, I never heard Number of it. And Chris Evans, but it's probably somewhere. And, and what
0: year was that? In the two thousand Captain America. Two thousand twelve. Well, that's is your answer right there. These these people are all out of work.
1: Well, he was supposed to testify uh, while he was in prison because he was willing to testify to anything to get out. There. There's a Hello. lot of stuff. Uh, he uh, he died suddenly in two thousand six, March fifth, two thousand six. Right away, the rumor started that he was uh, uh, silenced. But uh, to. Uh,
0: silenced uh, by who? <laughs> his, daughter, <laughs> his daughter, that he killed a dog. Uh,
1: you know, I mean, there could be hits I mean, that does happen. But uh, Michael Baden, who was a very well respected uh, m- medical examiner, was called in uh, to quell that. And he did the autopsy. He died of uh, cardiac arrest, heart disease,
0: and vitis, blood clots. So they were just trying to dramatize even his death. So they can yeah. capitalize on it. Anybody who made the... Maybe That's probably HBO. Said, hold on, we gave this guy a lot of money. Let's make sure that... Make him be a mob hit so we have two more seasons with him. <laughs> well,
1: I, I'm, I'm sure he, he didn't expect to go, but
0: he was, he was just talking to... Him. But talking to nobody. <laughs> nobody cared. One would-
2: of the... Sorry, one of the murders that he, um, was convicted for was of Gary Smith, one of his business associates, and the story behind that, I just, it was one of the things that I kept reading over and over again, it was insane. So basically the incident was one of his men had snitched, so Kuklinski was worried about another one, which was Smith, so he decided that he would die. So he fed him a poisoned hamburger, and then his accomplice, Defner, who he ended up killing also. Um, he strangled him, Smith. Then Defner's ex-wife failed to return with a car to get rid of the body, so they stuck him between the mattress and the box spring of the motel that they were staying at in Jersey. And over the next few days, more people rented the room and complained about a smell—a
0: body. And it wasn't until—oh my! God. It wasn't until
2: a few days later that the manager investigated and found the rotting corpse.
0: So he was in the floor box spring, not in the, between the bed. He was
2: in between the mattress and the box spring. That's what it said.
0: No, it can't, I can't tell be. You, I, had something, I had something
1: similar happened to me when I was a cop. There was somebody reported uh, missing. It was a, an SRO hotel in East Village. Because we don't know what that is. It's a single room occupancy hotel where uh, uh, homeless people get housed, basically. This was in the 70s and 80s. So we were obligated to go and... Try to find this guy. I forgot his name, but he lived with two other guys. So we had to interview them. So we went into the the, the room, and it stunk. There was a a tuna fish sandwich. I'll never forget this. That was left out deliberately. It was green. Yeah. And it stunk. I mean, it was the middle of the summer. These hotels don't have air conditioning. And uh, we we go in there. You know, we're uh, on the couch. We're taking notes, writing. And I'm like, why the hell don't these guys get rid of this freaking sandwich? But then again, they were junkies. The place was built. Uh, why I sat on that couch, I think it was the only place to sit. I had a right there with my partner. In fact, I put it in, in one of my books. Uh, we had to go back one more time. The tuna fish sandwich is still there. And I had, to, I had to follow it up with something. I forgot what it was. It turned out that I was sitting on it. He was oh sitting on the couch.
0: In the couch, sure, that, that, that I can understand. But to be, any, any anybody has any, clear, uh, I mean, a box spring and a mattress, you can't put a body there.
1: Well, he must have been very thin. No, must he, he, he
0: thin. was in the, the, in, the hotel bedrooms like in Vegas, they're built on a solid frame to the floor. It's yeah, well, underneath the box spring, not between not the mattresses.
1: You know, they could have cut the box open or anything, but the the, the purpose of that tuna sandwich was to
0: throw us. Over. That's what I, I told you that when you told me that. Some Smart. some people yeah, I, use that a lot, that I know. I in fact, I
1: didn't, I, 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 I didn't come up with the body. I mean, we took the second what I left. Somebody else. Uh, I guess it got overwhelmed after a while, and somebody else. went. But I was actually sitting on it. You know?
2: that's crazy. Hell of a way to go. But Johnny, when you were right, when um, you were um you know, around some of these guys that he's mentioning. Um, did you ever hear about him or Never. anyone?
0: Nobody. Not not a soul. And with that name and uh, his description, why wouldn't, I mean, you'd know about him in two seconds. They would take him out in a minute. Any, yeah, any of these kids that wanted to create their bones, that would have been a Sunday morning contract. Take care of this for us. Let's see if you can do it. He would have been on, on, a, on a grocery list. He yeah, because
2: he supposedly said that he was an independent, you know, killer for contract from each of the five families.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they just hire him like, uh, like an Uber.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the guy is so, so stupid.
2: So you don't think he was associated with anybody? No. Ever?
0: Never. No, why? what they do don't... they need him for? Right. You can call Canada. They could well, call know, Canada, and, and Zip would drive down there, and take care, and get you get back back out.
1: You, you you want to find the guy? What do you do? Look in the phone book? For Psychos or us? Yeah. Well, you know who, who the hell would trust this guy? That's what I'm saying. That right? that
0: would be the other big problem.
1: He alleged that to, uh, uh, this is after he started talking, making a couple of bucks. That all these killings, he used the following weapons: crossbows, ice picks, uh, a bomb attached to uh, a remote-controlled toy firearms, grenades, Uh, the only thing that that they could uh, uh, positively confirm was the cyanide solution. Of course, they found it in the body.
0: But, you know, I mean, again, you know, what I want to know, I mean, I've just been around this life all my life. Why would you give this guy any credibility at all? I mean, they want to clear cases, but that's like uh, anybody, I mean, what, what I know about the police department is not what you know, but... Anything that is this stupid, what district attorney clear, would even want it?
1: He had one case on his confession was that of uh, the uh, That was a cop that had a These other uh, killings that he said he was involved, there there's never even any in investigation. Uh, involving him involved in the killing. They knew. Yeah, most people disputed that right away.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Law course. enforcement <laughs> was like, there's no way. Yeah, I know. No well, that's
0: they, what they I'm saying. Talking. I'm sitting here saying that they, uh, they, law enforcement took this man's word. It's-
1: no, they was, yeah. it, it was, they knew he did, not but it was an unsolved cop killing. You don't leave these unsolved. It's never been an unsolved cop So they decided he confessed, let's convict, we'll go to court at arraignment, please, at arraignment. He pleads guilty and they put him away for another life. And it just added another right. notch to his reputation. But right. he he was diagnosed with an anti-social personality disorder. Yeah, no kidding. I'll uh, <laughs> say a paranoid personality disorder.
0: What? I mean, to me, I I'm, well, you know, again, I guess the soul books and had a good, how, how'd the series do for HBO?
1: Put it this way, it's 2004 or 3, it's still on. Uh, every now and then, it's
0: on HBO. Well, they but own it. And that's why they just so keep anybody showing see it. it any,
1: anybody
0: anybody see it any time. It's on. To a, most people don't realize, once they buy that, they own it. Now, they have to have content 24 hours a day, seven days a week. and So when you say, oh, my show's still on, I mean, there's, there's st- stuff on television. that should never have been on it. They bought it oh, yes, so that's, cheap. That's,
1: that's, and that's one of them. He was a, a character, and at, at the time, they, they never had interviewed or had a real hit man, I'm using air quotes here, to confess. He looked the part, so they let him just run off with the mouth. He got paid very well. He was able to leave something to and uh family. Yeah, and people still believe he did all this stuff. Gullible as, as a lot of people are. Well, yeah.
2: yeah, he alleged that he killed between 100 and 200 people. I mean, that's a, big, that's a big span to be throwing out there. But then one law enforcement officer said, there's no way. He doesn't believe that. He says maybe 15 at most. 5-0.
0: That's, yeah. no, that's still a lot. Oh, no, 15,
2: 15. Oh, oh. 15. 1-5. Oh, okay. not 5 I, I don't even think he killed
1: 15. They know of his, you know, just, just a couple of business deals. And that's uh, it. That's his
0: M.O. His M.O. is conning people and murdering them.
1: In fact, that's what I was just going to say. The, uh, the New Jersey state attorney, Ms. Edwards, characterized the motive uh the murders as profit. And I'm quoting here: "He set up individuals, business deals. They disappeared, and the money ended up in."
0: That's all. He's not. He. I mean, he couldn't even sit down and have a conversation with some of the mob names he's mentioned. They would throw him out of the building. They would never get in the building to have the conversation. That's a jerk.
1: He was, He was a common criminal that wanted to be remembered in death as an uncommon. Right. And he succeeded because people believed.
0: I mean, I remember when De Niro bought the book, The Irishman, or they paint houses, rather. And then they made it into The Irishman. And he started telling me some of the stuff. I said, Bobby, that's crazy. Well, he bought it. So it took him 16 years. He bought it in 2004. Took him 16 years to make it because everything was so incredible, I mean, it's like, you know, but here we are. It's like,
1: drama, it's drama. People pay to be entertained.
0: Well, that's why they put the cast together that they yeah, did, hello. But
1: for the last time, you're never gonna see these people. How, how did that movie do? No?
0: I, I don't know, and I mean, it's, again, because they put so much money into it. it you'll never know. They did it for subscribers. And to have that as part of their library, if tomorrow you want to subscribe to Netflix, HBO, you want to see what films they own. So all it is is bragging rights for them. It's like, I mean, um, Megan comes from a family, and it's a good analogy, her father creates gyms. And they, they create these memberships so inexpensive that you, you keep paying and you, don't even, you haven't been in the gym for two years somebody someday well, they'll wake up
1: that's inherent in the gym business you know uh the, oh, the most time of the year in the gym business is right after new year's because of new course solutions uh and that's what they're going to do and i hate it because i can say for three weeks i got to suffer with these people waiting to get on equipment and you can you, you can set your clock by three weeks to the day they're gone but that's that's inherent in all
0: no but i mean that, that, i think i think when you, when you see the streaming networks that everybody got into now, it's the fact, well, like a 24-hour gym, come for $10. It's that mentality that they're playing on it. Not like you wanna watch Blue Bloods, it's on 10 o'clock, CBS, Friday night. So you're giving them a leeway and you give giving them a roster and they never give up their memberships. And to have some of the stories, I guess, to have the Iceman, ooh. You know, it, uh, it, but it's just in the real life I'm talking about, in the business that he said he was, that's his, As if I, I would find this guy in two minutes, all five murders, same bull, that's who he was. He's probably a coward. Well, I he
1: knew he was, hey, look, the cops knew he was in these crimes, but he wasn't stupid. They were watching him for years, and it took this undercover ATF guy that uh, had the courage to stay with him because we all know what happens to his business. And they finally, they, they finally.
0: Look, I'm second, saying, his, his, I don't think he had, I think he was a coward if he ever, if, I, I wish somebody really analyzed this guy.
1: Everybody, every, I think everybody likes it. a coward, you know, big, stupid. Right. Street, but anyway, his uh, next door neighbor said, great guy, good family man. No one knows those on because they see his wife with a broken belt, they're
0: ominously. They just, yeah, but then again, <laughs> I would. I would. when I used to look for houses, I mean, I shouldn't say this on the air, but I will. I, when I used to look for houses, I used to want to talk to the neighbors, and hopefully they were stupid. I'd buy the house. You get somebody that's real smart and going to be looking into your business when you come and go, I don't want to live there, or I want to live a mile away from you.
1: <laughs> What's the bad thing about living in a small town?
0: Like Hello. Like Brian.
1: He knows whatever you do, exactly. except for me. They have no idea I do who I am. <laughs> I I yeah. don't even know who my next door neighbor. is Not that I'm unfriendly.
0: No, but you <laughs> could keep to yourself.
1: I'm polite. I'm respectful, but I don't want to go to your parties. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, I tell you, people talk, rumors, gossip.
0: Oh, forget guy, about it. You got away. That's funny, though. I mean, too Something
1: interesting. Uh, Philip Harlow wrote this guy's life story, and we all know what what that it's like. Philip Carlo specialized in writing truth of crime. crime. Uh,
0: so he gave book. him credibility, too?
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, but he, he, he even says, alleged this, allege that. But uh, Philip Carlo, if you don't want to pick up any of his books, he's a good writer. Uh, even this book was entertaining. You just have to
0: take it as it is. Well, he, he needed a book. And so he said, let me write this guy's book. Got, well, he know, got paid for it. He got, he got, he got paid got, for it. That's what he does. No. But
1: gets royalties. We all know about royalties, right? Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: no, but there's, what I'm, no. I'm saying in the life, the real life, this guy's not credible. Immediately, he's not credible. Get rid of him. Get him out of the neighborhood. Don't even let him in the neighborhood. Not alone in,
1: in the anyway, club. Such is the life of Richard McClinsky. Yeah, I like to say R.I.P. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Especially after killing his daughter's dog. Pee on his grave. Forget about rest in peace.
1: <laughs> rest in peace is
0: this guy. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I guess uh, any, any, uh, let, let's, I want to hear Megan's take on this topic. Megan, my take on it? Yeah. Now that you've read the research and you don't know, come from a crime life, most of I our audience are can. you. Well, most of our audience are you. So, I want to know so that we stay away from this subject matter from now on. on. Are
1: you aware that that there are people uh, uh, living like this, Megan?
2: Uh, I think by now I'm pretty aware. (laughs) aware. (laughs) I would say we're in, what, hour one? I think I'm pretty aware at this point. I'm not too Uh, shocked anymore, so.
0: No, I think, but anybody
2: who's still listening, I would say, is definitely as interested as I am. So I don't think there's anything not to touch upon.
0: Oh, no, no, yeah, I understand sure. that. But we just can't make a practice out of it. We have too many real people to talk about.
2: <laughs> well, we always need content. So if people are liking it, might as well keep going.
0: All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go earn some money. And we'll be right back with our mailbag. Today's show is being sponsored by Corleone Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Corleone Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy. Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces. Marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian dot com. That's Italian dot com. Okay, we're back, and we have to make up five minutes because we only did thirty-five minutes on Mr. McClinsky.
2: (laughs) Well, that's exactly how much we need, so it's perfect.
0: Oh, whoa! Okay, that
2: was the exact time.
0: That's why you're the producer, and I'm just I'm just here.
2: Love I you. got it all covered, don't worry. All right, first question is from Nick. Nick says, this question is geared toward Mr. Russo, but I'm curious as to the process of the initiation of a made man. I know there is an oath and a prick of the finger, etc. but if that could be explained in a more or less step-by-step manner, I'd really appreciate it. You've already addressed this as an episode and I haven't yet listened to it. Could you please point me in that direction? Thank you in advance and keep up the great work. Mr. Russo, you point out in your book that it's a wonder you've made it through so many predicaments to live to tell the tales but God must want you to spread the knowledge you withhold from the life you've lived. And I thank him for granting you that blessing.
0: I thank him even more than you. <laughs> no, but I mean, to get to be initiated into a family, you have to be earning a lot of money. That's all it's about. And loyalty. Money is a big factor. I mean, when you take, uh, a, a, for instance, of a Paul Castellano, who never had a hit to his credit. And uh, not saying he didn't have people killed, but he didn't have to do it himself. He was a big earner, and so I mean, and all the, I mean, there's so many ways. The, the Galabres are different than the Sicilians initiation, so all that's I, all that's theater, you know. I
1: think I, I think this listener wants you to describe the, uh, the ceremony.
0: I know, but there's three different ceremonies. So I don't want to get into that. Watch, you know, you. Um, uh, we just about we talked about it Henry Hill'll tell you the whole thing in his whoever played that part, you'll see the ceremony you know it's uh, it's 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 almost cartoonish the way they do it, and they don't they don't get the meaning of it first of all it's not anymore. no, so moving on and we do have Next. we do have episodes about getting in the mob being initiated right.
2: Next is from Zachary. I'm originally from Indianapolis and grew up between there and Louisville, Kentucky, but have lived in downtown San Francisco for 20 years. I'm curious if you ever spent time here, and if so, what are your thoughts on the town? Wishing you good times in New York.
0: I love San Francisco to visit. Fisherman's Wharf, all that. I've been there a lot of times. I love the Fairmont Hotel. No, San Francisco has a lot to offer. I just don't want to live there. The climate, you know, I went there numerous times to the 49ers games, all their home games, because I was involved with the, you know, the, uh, the National Football League indirectly. But, um, no, nah, I mean, San Francisco, I'd love to visit. Love to visit, not live. T- too damp. My hair frizzes. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Next is from Antonio. Antonio says, hi, guys. Wonderful show as always just wondering if it would be possible to get Oscar Goodman on the podcast. I know that Gianni goes back a long way with him. And I watched his interview with Patrick, Bette-David. His story and his insight into the history of Las Vegas is fascinating. And I think it would be a gr- great to hear him recall his memories from his time as a mob lawyer and as the mayor of Las Vegas.
0: That is a great suggestion. We're always looking for people and I have a great rapport with him and known many, many years and his wife. In fact, My ex-wife, which is so funny, and mother of one of my children, was his assistant. And then his wife's assistant. Well, let's get him on. We'll have fun with it. I'll reach out for him this week, actually. Nice suggestion. Thank you. Oscar, Be a lot of fun. So next is from George. George says,
2: as you have related, Frank Costello was a close friend of Judy Garland and helped her for many years. Judy was also a friend to Patricia Kennedy Lawford. Judy and Patricia, Patricia both gave birth to sons on the same day in the same hospital. Frank, through his friendship with Judy, met and liked her friend Patricia. Though their friendship, he, Through their friendship, he later met Peter Lawford. Frank was also a supporter of Father Peyton's TV show. Peter so, Peyton? Do you know what that name is?
0: Nope. I didn't watch TV. Was
2: produced by Pat Kennedy Lawford. Gianni, did you ever meet Vader Payton, Pen- who died in 1992, or Pat Kennedy Lawford passed 2006?
0: Maybe I did, but I, you know, I wasn't on a first name basis with the Lawfords at all, and uh, I was around Peter, you know, many many years, and none of the Kennedy's sisters. That's who she was. No, I mean Costello had a, had a knack of all. Getting involved with these people. He loved them. Plus, when you think about it, her father was his partner during Prohibition. So I'm sure he would have met her several times on their own through the father without Peter Lawford. All right.
2: Next is from Richard. Richard says As he's a Vegas guy now, I was wondering if Gianni has ever had any dealings with Bat Rescue's John Taffer. Who?
0: Bat? Bat Rescue?
2: That's what it said.
0: It's a show? I don't know what it is. Or a business guy who rescues bats? I mean, I don't, we don't even, you should be more specific. Does you want to know if I know the guy? Yes. Mm, I know Patrick Bat, David, but not that one. you know, Batman. Batman, yeah.
2: John Taffer is an American entrepreneur and television personality. Oh, it's bar rescue. Made a typo. Oh, bar rescue. Oh, my God. That makes way more sense. Bar rescue.
0: Oh, hello. Uh, No, that show is a moron show of all shows. Uh, I watched it. I had a roommate staying here. We watched it religiously. Uh, I I, I don't understand why somebody would even hire that guy come in and abuse you and your family and everything, I tell you everything I did wrong and miraculously in two weeks, you're making millions. Bull cucka. Anybody in the bar business knows that. <laughs> Moving on.
2: All right, next is from Monica. Monica says, I recently devoured your book in one day and I just started listening to your podcast. Whoa. Gianni, Gianni we, we mentioned- You would have bought your
0: hamburger. <laughs>
2: Yanni mentioned on an episode that he knew Whitey Bulger. I read a fascinating and chilling book called Poisoner in Chief by Stephen Kinzer about Sidney Gottlieb of the CIA who conducted the LSD experiments, among other horrors. Supposedly, Whitey Bulger volunteered to take part in these experiments while in prison. Did Whitey ever discuss this with you?
0: I never talked to Whitey after he was picked up in California because of his girlfriend. <laughs> I wasn't on his list of visitors, and I wasn't going to begin with.
1: <laughs> yeah, a prisoner, uh prisoners are asked all the time to volunteer, once again, for various uh, tests uh, using experimental drugs. And a lot of them volunteer because they figure when it comes time for parole, it's help. But uh, I never heard of uh, Whitey Bulger. He was in for uh, multiple life terms. Why should he volunteer? To die?
0: Yeah, unless he wanted to die.
1: Well, He got his wish.
0: Well, he did. Moving on.
2: All right. Next is from Susan. Susan says, in one of your episodes, Gianni talked about the changes in the mob under John Gotti. An acquaintance of mine had a father that booked numbers back in the day, and she mentioned that he had a fear of him after the death of Paul Castellano and said he felt that things would never be the same. Did you feel the same after this hit took place at Sparks Steakhouse?
0: Definitely, because he went against everything I knew about the mob. I'm on the outside looking in. I've been, as a kid, around it all my life. And by that time, and Tommy Bellotti was very close to me. As I mentioned, he was the best man at two different weddings of mine. But... um, No, John did what he wanted to do, and and he justified it in his own mind because of his allegiance to O'Neill. O'Neill was his guy, and and O'Neill groomed him and brought him into the mob. So when they passed over O'Neill and gave Paul Castellano the the seat and left O'Neill where he was all the while, John thought he was going to, and he did, did what he wanted to do. He didn't go... He didn't go to the commission. He didn't go anywhere. He just did what he wanted to do.
2: All right. Next is from William. William asks Gianni, will you be attending the Cigar Whiskey 2021 event in Hollywood, Florida?
0: Why? <laughs> Cigar witness. I don't smoke cigars and I don't drink whiskey. Why would you think I'm going? I mean, I'd show up. I get $20,000. I'll come. Go
1: anywhere.
0: hello. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. All
2: right. Next is from Steven. Steven says, hi, guys. I'm on episode 36 and was at seven when I sent Gianni a message. Loving it. I've listened to other podcasts, but get much more detailed stories. I drive Uber and I have it on the background. So I'm spreading the word. My guest idea was Michael Frenzy. I know you are all very busy. Hopefully this gets through. Thanks for the knowledge and also entertainment while I'm out on the road. Always, lots of questions
0: about Michael Franchise. Oh no, we we love you know getting your suggestions, but you know, out of respect to Sonny Francis, his father, and all that, I think we'd, we'd be crossing. And Michael has invited me several times on his show, and I, I just don't feel comfortable about it. I mean, a great guy, he's achieved a lot in, in a lot of different and wore a lot of different hats. So, with that said, I don't think there's really anything to. What are we going to hash over? You know the difference in my age and Michael's is not that much, but the difference is I hit the streets when I was twelve, not after I graduated college or was in college, so that gives me an edge on him already for nine years, and uh, our age group—it's—I uh, I, mean—we're just be all hearsay, but uh, I respect you know obviously the franchisee family, but thank you, but no thank you. All
2: right. All right, next I want to share a message from Brooke. Brooke says, I really enjoyed the book. It was so well done and just flowed. Kudos to Gianni and Pat. Pat, I'm
0: Pat, now Pat, working Pat, my Pat. way. To old Pat.
2: I'm <laughs> I'm now working my way through the podcast. I'm looking forward to books two, three, four, etc. Gianni, I lived in Las Vegas while a young child back in the early 1960s. And I have to say that it was oh, wow. the safest place to live as a kid. That's right. We were all preteens running around our neighborhood day or night, skating, riding bikes. Cetera, and no one messed with any of us. I have such pleasant memories of that Las Vegas. Silver dollar pancakes at the silver slipper.
0: Oh my God, bowling yes. at
2: showboat lanes. It was a great place to grow up, thanks for the memory.
0: No. And that's because that's when you grew up, the mob was running the town.
2: <laughs> so it was safe.
0: So safe. <laughs> oh my, No crime at all. You couldn't c- commit a crime in Las Vegas. Mob people had to take it to the desert and keep it to yourself. No, it was the best. I got there in 59 and left in 89. And since then, now I've heard what's going on. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to destroy the community. I'm going back there myself several times this year. In fact, I'll be at the Venetian Hotel by the time this show airs. So, moving on.
2: All right. Next is from Louis. Louis says, Megan, can you ask Gianni why he wasn't in the Cannonball movies with Burt Reynolds, Martin, Martin Sinatra, and Sammy were in. The movie.
0: Because when they made them, I wasn't even in the movies.
2: <laughs> Easy answer. Gianni,
1: uh, I saw uh, Sea Biscuit for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, over the weekend, I've never seen the movie.
0: Good movie. Great.
1: great. You know, I didn't think I would like it uh, because I'm, I'm not a horse guy, and but it's not, it's not really what it's about. It's about I mean, life obviously but it's about loyalty it's about so many things that those of you who haven't seen that movie definitely see it very good
0: no i i enjoyed doing it and i was involved with the production of it and um i thought jeff bridges who's been shunned so many times and toby mcguire definitely and all we got was uh an oscar for best screenplay (laughs) the performances every i think everybody should see that movie it's such a great movie and, were you
1: guys nominated for editing at least? We, editing?
0: We were nominated for everything almost.
1: I mean, what, those, those horse race scenes were unbelievable.
0: Oh my God, yeah, so real. Well, we uh, went to every we went to every classic track that was still operating, which was fun in itself. And uh, that's how I fell in love with Saratoga, and now I'm involved <laughs> up there with my son. So it's uh, it's interesting. Good movie Well right,
2: That's all I have for tonight
0: well another great show and thank my colleagues and definitely pat for writing this book there would there'd be no hollywood godfather podcast did you ever think
1: of that you had a story to tell and it was going
0: to get told yeah but then i couldn't write it the way you did i'm sorry no. god bless you all keep the cards and letters coming in and don't forget we started a campaign We're going to do a viral, is it a viral? What is it? Viral?
2: Yeah, it's just going to be an online petition that people can sign, and hopefully it'll get to the DA to reopen Marilyn Monroe's case.
0: Love it. Thank you all. God bless you. And we'll talk to you next week.
2: Good night, guys.
0: If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render, I'm the one who loves you only, I could be so warm, so tender, call me, don't be afraid you can call me, maybe it's late but just call me, tell me and I'll be around.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at HollywoodGodfather and on Facebook. As well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood as well as answers to your messages. Good night.
0: Me a call. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I want you to tune into the Hollywood Godfather Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you hear your podcasts. Remember, we put up a new show every Wednesday night. Special guests, special surprises constantly, and you can get involved. Hollywood Godfather Podcast.